Hello, believers. It's Dr. Shantae. October is here and so is another opportunity to work with me. One of the number one questions that I get is how do I start a podcast? And I can't tell you what an important and relevant question that is because the next wave of influencers are going to be content creators. Please believe it. When you take a look around, people that are creating and curating content are the ones that are shaping the conversations, the ones that are influencing the masses. And so I wanted to teach you guys how to do that. And I have created a masterclass for that purpose where I have invited Chicago's media elite to come and share with you from Ebony Magazine to blackdoctors.org, from radio, from television to teach you how to create and produce your own original content. Podcasting put me on the map. I can't tell you what being a podcaster has done for my brand, for my audience growth, for my ability to influence and for my ability to secure other opportunities within media for other people who are in major networks to call upon me for opportunities or for hosting gigs or to come and speak. It's been phenomenal. And so I want to pass that information on to you. And so I've created a master class called Bachelorette. And yes, it's for bachelors too. We do have men coming to the class. And if you want to know more information about that, head to any of my social media at Dr. Shante says on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can find out how to register. And if you're not in Chicago, guess what? You can get a virtual pass because we will be live streaming the event. And Bachelorette is for you if you have a business and you need to learn how to tell your story because people don't invest in what you are producing or what you're selling. They invest in why you're doing it and the story and the brand behind it. And so Bachelorette is for you if you need to learn how to tell that story better. It's for you if you want to start a blog or increase traffic to your blog. If you want to produce a web series or if you want to start your own podcast, any form of content creation so that you can build and leverage that to create audience and influence and other opportunities. You guys know I believe in the long money game. This is the way to do it. So definitely head over to my social media at Dr. Shante says, click on my profile links, get yourself registered. We have limited space available. I cannot wait to see you over there. It's Dr. Shante, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger. We are in the Valley series, and I would just be remiss if I did not stop to thank you guys for all of the love and all of the support and all of the encouragement that you guys sent me over this past week. The Valley series is definitely hitting the heartstrings with you guys, and it's just confirmation that. Sometimes we need to just step up and be transparent for the people that we serve. And you guys are just blessing me as much as this series is blessing you. And so I'm excited to get right back into it. So this week, we are going to be talking all about reacting versus responding when you are in the valley. As I said last week, the way that you respond to your adversity, the way that you respond to your situation is going to determine what the outcome is going to be. And I am, as you guys know, a huge fan of the Old Testament. Um, I believe truly in learning from the mistakes of others because there's just so much richness in what others have experienced and some very relevant applications for us today. So our guiding thought for this podcast comes from 2 Kings chapter 18, 
13 through 16, and it says, And in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay it. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid, and he gave it to the king of Assyria. So this is where we want to pick up our valley series. So let me just give you a little bit of background about King Hezekiah. He's actually one of my favorite kings. Such a good dude. Such a good dude. He started ruling at the age of 25. He really loved the Lord. He did massive sweeping reforms from the previous king that was worshiping idols and false gods and all that other stuff. And he just pretty much came in and cleaned house cleaned up the reform, restored worship and order, and basically put things back in, in decently and in order. And so the Bible says that there has not been a king before him or a king since because Hezekiah truly was committed to the things of the Lord. However, you see that in the 14th year of his reign as king, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, basically took siege of his city. He came under attack. To say that he was in a valley would be an understatement. Hezekiah was in more than a valley. And he reacted in that situation when he saw that he was under siege, when he saw the enemy approaching and the enemy attacking. He said, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. That was his reaction. And so I want to clearly delineate the difference between reacting in your valley versus responding in your valley. So when he does this, reactions always have consequences. Reactions always have a price tag because reactions are impulsive. Impulse is what you do, boom, right in the moment. It's the first thing that you think about. It's the first thing that you think to do. Reactions are emotional because you're under stress, because you're under duress, because you're tired, because you're weary, because you're fed up, because you're pissed off, because you are so over it. Reactions are emotional. Reactions are all also instinctual. Instinctual meaning that your body, your mind, your whole spirit of being will always go into self-preservation mode. That is the instinctual thing to do. So, for example, if someone strikes you, you instinctually raise your hand up to defend yourself. And so when you react, you are going based off of your gut instinct, what seems the right thing to do to stop the pain in the moment. And that's what I really want to drive home about reacting in your valley, about reacting in your situation. When the enemy comes in, when you are, your back is pressed against the wall, your instinct is to do something in that moment to stop the pain, to stop the attack, to shield yourself, to cover yourself. You want it to stop hurting. You want it to go away immediately. And what Hezekiah said is he said, look, 
just stop attacking my people. Whatever you you want me to pay, I'll pay. So think of this kind of like you're walking down the street and somebody puts a gun at your back and says, you know, give me your wallet. And you're like, take it, take it. Just take everything I have. You know, just please don't hurt me. Don't shoot me. He had the same type of reaction. And the thing is, that's normal. That is normal. It is human. It is is who we are designed to be. But as believers, we're not operating in the natural. We need to tap into the supernatural. So what he did was the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, assessed him 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And I want you to know, I went and looked this up. I said, how much is a talent of silver worth? One talent of silver is $16,500. And so 300 talents of silver was $4,950,000. And I said, whoa, if that's the silver, how much is the gold? So I looked it up. How much is a talent of gold? A talent of gold is $1.25 million. And so in total, $37.5 million in gold and $4 million, almost $5 million in silver. So basically, when his city came under attack, Hezekiah said, look, whatever you want me to pay, I'll pay it and coughed up 42 million dollars, even to the point where the word says that he was stripping the gold off the doors of the church and the pillars of the church just to make this problem go away. And how many of us have been there? How many of us, when you're going through your valley, you will just do fine. Just take it. Just take the money or, or just leave or just, I don't, whatever. I just want out of this relationship. So I'll just sign whatever it is that you want me to sign, or I just want to be done with it. So I just gave it all up. Don't do that. Because when you do that, when you react impulsively, emotionally, instinctually, because all you care about is the pain going away as soon as possible, that has consequences. Namely, it's going to weaken your faith because you didn't turn to God in that situation. You just immediately tried, turned in inward and tried to fix it yourself. Number two, you're going to make costly mistakes. I don't know about you, but I don't have $42 million lying around. This was a costly mistake. He basically bankrupted the treasury to pay off the enemy. Another consequence, when you do that, you are giving the enemy ammunition to use against you. Because let me tell you how abuse works. Abuse works like this. It's progressive. Once somebody knows what you will do, once somebody knows what your weakness is, all they have to do now is press and exploit it. And so in giving up the money, Hezekiah lost his credibility In giving up the money. The king of Assyria said, oh, I got you. I know how to punk you. And what he ended up doing, which he had not anticipated, because I get it. As a king, he was just trying to protect his people. But in reacting, what he actually did was lost credibility because now it told the king of Assyria, let me go and approach his people because clearly Your king is not man enough or strong enough or have faith enough to come out here and fight me. So he just tried to pay me off. So since your king is weak, let me come holler at you. And that's exactly what he did. So if you skip down in that chapter, 
Sanaa Sharif, the king of Assyria, he goes and he talks to the people. He rounds the people up and he says, hey, don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him tell you to trust in the Lord and that the Lord is going to deliver you. I want you to come ride with me instead. And if you ride with me, all this money of yours that I just took, I'll make sure that you got a nice place to live and that you got water to drink. But come serve me and don't trust Hezekiah. Come serve me and don't trust the Lord. Basically, when you react in your situation, what you don't realize is that not only are you reacting emotionally, impulsively, making costly mistakes and all the rest of it, but what you're also doing is you are weakening yourself in front of the people that you were called to serve or the people that you're supposed to be leading. And so if you are leading a family, your family is looking at how you respond to adversity. Your children are looking at how you respond to stress. Your children are looking at how you respond in the valley. They're looking at your reactions to it. And so what are you showing them? If you're leading a group of people or you've been called to serve in a ministry or a youth group or whatever, what are you showing them when times get tough and you fall apart? When times get tough and you have an emotional breakdown, when times get tough and you're ready to just tap out or give up or sign off on, on the dotted line because things are difficult. Even though Sanasharib came and asked the people to come and serve him, even though he said, your king is a punk. The Bible says in verse 36, but the people answered him, not a word, because the king's command was, do not answer him. I would say that again in verse 36, but the people answered him, not a word, because the king's command was, do not answer answer him. So here's what Hezekiah had working in his favor. He had built up so much favor and credibility in the eyes of the people because remember, remember this is his 14th year as king. So during those 14 years, he had built up so much stock and respect with the people that his word, that his command still held sway because they had seen him trust in the Lord before. They had seen him walking upright before. It's just that in this moment, he made a bad call. It doesn't make him a bad king, but he made a bad call. And all of us have been there. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but you made a bad call. It doesn't mean you're a bad mother, but you made a bad call. It doesn't mean that you're a bad husband or a bad wife, but you made a bad call. It doesn't mean that you are not cut out for business or that you're not cut out for entrepreneurship, but you made a bad call. And if you have been doing what you've been called to do, hopefully you have established enough credibility with the people that you serve, with the people that you're leading so that they don't bend just because you made a bad call. This is such a blessing and, and a lesson for us. The people answered the king, the enemy, not a word because the king's command, because Hezekiah's command was do not answer him. And I truly believe that that is what God is telling us to do in our valleys. When the enemy comes at you, you're not cut out for this. You need to give up. It's never going to happen for you. It's too late. You too old. It's too hard. It costs too much. Just tap out right now. It's not going to bear fruit. Look at all, everything that you've been doing it and you don't have anything to show for it. Look at all the sacrifices you made and, and you look and you look the fool. You didn't came up looking crazy. That's the enemy at the gates. That's the enemy chattering in your ear. And I hope I hope that your relationship with God is such that he has 
curried enough favor with you, that he has shown up enough times for you, that he has delivered you enough, that he has rescued you enough, that he has healed you enough, that he has restored you enough, that he's regulated your mind enough, that he's mended your heart enough, that when the enemy comes chattering in your ear, that just like the people that Hezekiah was leading, just like the people of Judah, you answer him not a word because the king, the Lord's command is do not answer him. Do not answer the enemy. Do not react. Stop reacting. Stop texting back. Stop ranting on Facebook. Stop stalking people trying to find out where they are, what they're doing, who they're with and who they're doing, what, what they're doing and, and all of that. Stop doing all of that. Stop arguing. Stop complaining. Do not answer the enemy. Do not respond because the king's command is do not answer answer him. Stop giving the enemy airtime on your show. Stop saying the devil is this and the devil is that. And oh, woe is me. Do not answer him. Hold your peace. The story goes on to say this. So now we're out of second Kings 18. This, this whole story folds all the way over into chapter 19. So when Hezekiah heard that the king of Assyria, when Sennacherib was punking his people and saying, come follow me. Don't trust Hezekiah. Don't trust the Lord. Hezekiah was sick with himself. He was like, I messed up. I made a bad call. This is not a good look. Second Kings 19 says, as soon as Hezekiah heard it, as soon as he heard what was going on, he tore his clothes and he covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. In other words, now, He's responding. He was upset. But instead of reacting like he did the first time, now he's responding. Now he takes a posture of worship. Now he takes a posture of prayer. And I'm going to encourage you in your situation, when your rent or your mortgage is due, when your kid's tuition needs to be paid or or band camp or whatever activities and it's looking like you're not going to have it, when your job is looking like it's about to lay you off or, or the doctor is saying it ain't looking good or, or your husband is walking out the door, your wife is walking out the door and it seems like everything is falling apart, take a posture of worship. Take a posture of prayer because see the first time the enemy was at the gates Hezekiah reacted and it was a costly mistake the second time now that he realizes the impact that that mistake had on his people he takes a posture of worship I understand emotion I get it it's natural it's human that's why the Bible says be angry but do not sin but do not react impulsively, but do not go off the deep end, but do not allow that situation to take you farther away from your breakthrough and your blessing. Do not allow that situation to take your eyes off of your goal, your calling, your ministry, your purpose, your passion. Instead of reacting now Hezekiah is responding. He takes a posture of worship.
And in those days, so now we have like ministers and preachers and things like that. But in those days, the messenger of the Lord came in the form of prophets. And so the prophet during Hezekiah's time was Isaiah. So that whole book in the Bible, the book of Isaiah, it's the same Isaiah. Hezekiah's servants went to Isaiah and they said, the king is upset. This is what's going on. He's in prayer. He's, he's trying to turn to the Lord. So Isaiah says, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your prayer to be about Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. Because you have raged against me and your complacency has come into my ears, I will put a hook in your nose and a bit in your mouth and I will turn you back on the way by which you came. That's the power of responding. That's the power of prayer. When your situation is beyond your capacity to fix it. When your situation has gotten to the point where you don't have anything else that you can do or you can give, take a posture of prayer. Take a posture of worship. This is the believing bigger moment. I wish Hezekiah had had it earlier on, but better late than never. When he takes the posture of worship, when he takes this issue to the Lord, the prophet Isaiah says, the Lord God of Israel has said your prayer to me about Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. I heard you and I have a word concerning him. Basically, because dude was disrespectful, because he came all out of his body on me, because he was talking out the side of his neck, I'm going to put a hook in his nose like an animal and a bit in his mouth like a horse, and I'm going to turn him back the way he came. In other words, return to sender. This is what God will do in your situation. This is what God will do in your valley. If you don't give the enemy any play, if you don't give the enemy any airtime, if you don't fall into the enemy's hands and you can hold your peace long enough to assume a posture of worship and prayer, what God will do is he will take the enemy, put a hook in his nose, a bit in his mouth and drag him on up out your life. Basically, that is what the Lord will do. So whatever the enemy has schemed to destroy you, deter you, delay you or deny you, God has already delivered you. God was just waiting for the prayer to go up. God is just waiting for you to take a posture of worship. God is just waiting for you to go into your secret closet or go into the church or get down right where you are and and give it to him. That's what God is waiting for you to do. That's the response. That's not a reaction. That's a response because while I say a reaction is emotional, it's impulsive and it's instinctual, a response is strategic. A response is deliberate. A response is intentional. A response is hold up. Stop. Let me take a step back and let me pray. Let me think about this. Let me plan this out. Let me take a different approach. Because if you think about it, if somebody attacks somebody, hits them, slaps them, whatever, and the person just fires right back, that's not a person to be intimidated by. That's not a person to be afraid of. But if somebody attacks somebody and the person that they attacked doesn't react and just walks away, 
that's the person that you need to be afraid of because you don't know how that person is coming back. And that's the posture that I want you to take with the enemy. The enemy is taunting you, is 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 reviling you, is whispering in your ear, causing you to fear and causing you to doubt. And when you start reacting, you are playing right into his hands. But if you do not answer him a word and you assume a posture of worship and you have a praise on your lips, all of a sudden the enemy is like, uh, what? Uh-oh, what are you doing? What is that? Uh-oh, because he knows that he's already defeated. He knows that no matter what he throws your way, it is nothing that God cannot deliver you from. So whatever the scheme is to destroy you, deter you, delay you, deny you, God has already delivered you if you take a posture of worship and respond and not react. Please know, believers, God will fight for you. And the takeaway here is to trust him every step of the journey. There is no easy road to victory. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some casualties. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to lose some things in the battle. But the war is already won. Don't ever forget, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. You're fighting from victory. You're not trying to get it. You already have it. And unfortunately, when the enemy attacks, we forget that we forget it. We lose sight of that, that the victory is already won. The battle is not yours. This battle was not Hezekiah's. It wasn't for Hezekiah to cough up forty two million dollars. The battle is the Lord's. If Hezekiah had done that the first time, then he would still have his money in his pocket and he would not have been compromised in front of his people. Likewise, I don't know what calls you've made or whether it was good or bad or or you just stopped or you're ready to tap out or quit or whatever the situation is, don't react, respond. It's not too late to turn it around. It's not too late to pick it back up. It's never a bad move to assume a posture of worship and allow God to fight that battle for you. I hope that that encouraged you. I hope that this Valley series is blessing you. It's blessing me. I'm I'm hyped up about it. Um, because it's something that just kind of came at a perfect time. And so if you guys have comments, questions, reactions, if this blessed you, please, you know, I respond and I, I love your feedback. Hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Twitter and on Instagram. And next week we are going to close this thing on out in our Valley series. So make sure that you guys are tuned in next week. Make sure you grab your copy of Believing Bigger, a 31 day faith journey. And I will see you guys next time.